What you are about to hear are accounts of real pro wrestling events. Some names, mostly ours, have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Snap Judgments. Welcome everybody, it's your boy Justin JLB, welcome to Snap Judgments, and this is the Smackdown edition for April 24th, 2020, and this Smackdown is very special because it is Triple H's 25th anniversary career I should say, anniversary, and they will have a little celebration for him tonight uh, to end SmackDown. Before we get to the show, though, I do want to mention that this show is brought to you by the Tetanus Code Network, where you can find our show along with other great shows like Basement Bullshit, In the Dice Box, Chicken Hen with SMNW, Carpool Shenanigans, and of course, the Tatniss Co. Podcast Uncensored. So, there you have it. Definitely check those shows out. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, here is your SmackDown Review. So as I mentioned, it is Triple H's 25th career anniversary, and I am just shocked by that. 25 years already, Triple H started his career in 1995 as Hunter Hearst Hemsley. I don't believe there was a name before that, but Hunter Hearst Hemsley, where he played a snobby, rich, um, rich guy in that regard. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just still can't believe it's been 25 years. Wow. Uh, And I've been there through all of it. So there goes that. But to start off SmackDown, we have the New Day come out. As uh, Big D, um, Big D, Big E, and Kofi Kingston come out, they start basically. Uh, obviously, they're the new tag team champions. They come out to the ring. Big E starts mentioning uh, that you know he's in love with his championships. He's glad to have his baby back, and so on and so forth. They start talking about how they have etched their mark in history. They are eight-time WWE Tag Team Champions, saying that they have beaten the Hart Foundation, New Age Outlaws, and um, they mentioned some other ones. But the Hart Foundations and the New Age Outlaws were the big names that they had mentioned, not to brag, but simply just to say that they have etched their mark in history. Pretty impressive task. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize that they had more than the New Age Outlaws. I felt like the New Age Outlaws have had those titles, uh, for like the longest time in terms of the amount of times they've won it. I guess I'm wrong there, but, um, yeah, so then they mentioned that they won it last week in the singles triple threat match to get the titles. And of course the Miz and Morrison actually before that the Lucha House Party comes out the Lucha House Party comes out and says that they demand respect and they want to be able to be the first people to fight against the New Day for the tag team championships and I must say I am happy that Lucha House Party is getting some TV time because I feel like I haven't seen them in a while um and was really excited until the Miz and Morrison come out and they just completely ignore the Lucha House Party and they go straight to the ring and tell them that it's basically unfair. You know, ever since they won the championships, they've had to face uh, people at the Elimination Chamber. They did two singles matches, of course, alluding to the WrestleMania Triple Threat singles match as well as the Triple Threat match last week. 
But The Miz and John Morrison are also interrupted by the Forgotten Sons. I feel like this is the first time they're on SmackDown, unless they were there last week and I just totally don't remember. But the Forgotten Sons come in, and of course, the Forgotten Sons are this that's Jason Riker, Steve Cutler, and Wesley Blake. You mentioned that you don't know who they are now, but you will and that they can strike at any moment and that you just won't see it coming and then of course they attack. I pretty much saw it coming because they mentioned that they we wouldn't see it coming. Like, come on. But, you know, they pretty much pulverized the New Day. Uh, the Miz and Morrison get out of the ring sneakily and that ends that segment. Recent segment, I'm not really honestly too familiar with the Forgotten Sons. I don't know if it's necessarily from NXT. I, they have to be from NXT. Like, where else would they be from? Um, but, yeah. So, really interesting segment. Really cool. I like how everybody played their part there. I like how they had Lucha House Party in the segment as well. Dope. It was awesome. It was cool. It was well done. So, when we do come back from commercial break, we find out that The Miz and Morrison are going to face the Lucha House Party because The Miz feels the Lucha House Party was the one that instigated everything. Uh, so, you know, that match is going to happen later on. After that, though, we're going to have Drew Gulak versus King Corbin in a men's qualifying match for the Money in the Bank, where you can climb the corporate ladder. Of course, Drew Gulak is joined by Daniel Bryan, and this match goes off without a hitch. Pretty interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, pretty decent match in that regard. I like the fact how... I notice a lot of the wrestlers are now talking in the ring. Uh, we can actually hear them, of course, due to the fact that there's no crowd. I just noticed this a lot happening because they say some funny stuff, too, at the same time. Like with Ricochet, he's always kind of like, bro, I'm going to defeat you now. Hey, and so on and so forth. King Corbin was doing that a lot in the ring, and I like it. It gives me a little sense that I'm in there. I'm in the ring with them. So I really like the fact that they do that. Um, this match was pretty decent, though. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura did come and attack Daniel Bryan, which gave the opportunity for uh, for uh, King Corbin to pick up the win. Um, and yeah, so I guess that feud with Elias is not continuing because they did show something before the matchup where he had injured Elias, so that is why he won't be there today. Um... Or maybe Elias will just attack him during Money in the Bank. But how do you interfere in a corporate Titan Tower Money in the Bank match? I guess we'll just have to find out. So, so since King Corbin won, that can only mean one thing. So now we know that it's Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, Apollo Crews, King Corbin, and Daniel Bryan. Should be good, should be good. So we'll see what happens there. Afterwards, they now do a mention that Rob Gorkowski uh, has been, or is going rather, to the Buccaneers. And it's going to be interesting because he's also the 24-7 champion. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do there. Um, I imagine our truth is going to somehow be in like a football jersey or football gear and so on and get the title off Drew, off, off Drew Gallag, off uh, Rob Grakowski. Uh, but it should be interesting, I guess. Um, you know, I don't know what they were really doing with that, but I guess just to add kind of excitement and familiarity uh, to everybody who, you know, might not be a wrestling fan or the Fox Sports world who might not be wrestling fans in that regard, the bringing the football fans to the wrestling. We'll certainly see what goes on there. Um, but up next, we got 
the well we got the jeff hardy um clip uh jeff hardy clip story of now it's yesterday last week was the fall and this week now we're going to have the redemption essentially it's just talking about him going to wrestlemania and him coming back and how he feels like he's a new man and so on and so forth and that he's doing it for his kids and he wants to be a better person for his kids and that there is no other place but wwe that he would want to end his career uh and yeah and then next week we are gonna have the final uh, autobiography if you will of jeff hardy's life in that regard called the comeback so we'll see what happens there i mean it's interesting footage i'm just you know i kind of already have seen his story on wwe 24 so i don't know Next up, we got Sheamus versus, uh, what is his name? Sheamus versus Daniel Vito. Um, and, well, basically, this was a very short squash match stuff kind of deal. Um, Sheamus felt di disrespected by Vito going at him at the start of the match. Sheamus later returned to ringside to intimidate Michael Cole uh, for the second straight week, taking exception to... Uh, a Jeff Hardy video airing after one of his quick victories. He ripped Cole's headset off during the Lucha House Party entrance. Um, yeah, so I don't know what they're really doing with Sheamus, this whole disrespect thing. Maybe you can sell some shirts, but it's kind of stupid. Um, but then that's where it leads to us with the Lucha House Party versus The Miz and John Morrison. Um, so basically, The Miz and Morrison, I feel, dominated basically every part of the match, uh, wearing out uh Linz Dorado with impactful offense and so on and so forth uh, there was a few handspring stunners done and it allowed basically Dorado to make the hot tag to Gran Matalik who honestly I feel this guy deserves an even bigger push and in a non-tag team role because he is a phenomenal wrestler look at the work he was doing on the um tag team elimination chamber match it was absolutely crazy um, and he's just a superstar. So moments later, uh, Metalik was able to score the f uh, to score the flash pin to score an upset victory out of nowhere, leaving the Miz and Morrison in shock. Decent match. Might, might quite possibly be the match of the night, considering there was a lot of squash matches. I do, however, like this match though as well, as it was Lacey Evans versus Sasha Banks. For, to qualify in the Money in the Bank women's matchup. And so basically, Banks walks to, into the ring using a photo of Evan's daughter as a fan. Even snapped after being dominated early, taking Banks' face, uh, face and ramming it into the ring post several times. Evan's mouth was busted open early, but she was able to hit the woman's right, seemingly locking up the win. But Bailey put Evan's foot on the rope. Banks scored a roll up uh, in the confusion, but the referee was still distracted by Bailey being in the ring. After Banks and Bailey briefly argued, Evans recovered and hit another woman's right, this time holding the picture of her daughter in her hand as she landed the punch, scoring the win. And as Banks and Bailey made their way up the ramp, Tamina came out uh, to hit Bailey with a super kick, completing a very bad night for the champion and her friend. Honestly, though, it looked like that Bailey and Sasha Banks were also going to. Um, 
kind of start feuding because uh, Banks felt disrespected and felt that Bailey kind of screwed her of an opportunity. But it just they keep teasing it, but then they throw it away as we saw Banks helping her friend out. Uh, helping Bailey out afterwards after Tamina gave that super kick. I don't see Tamina winning a title. Tamina is going to be facing uh, Bailey. I don't see her winning, but uh, you know, stranger things have happened. So, with that though, that means so far we have Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Asuka, Dana Brooke, and now Lacey Evans in the woman. Uh, woman's money in the bank qualifying match to climb that corporate ladder and i swear to god dana brooke better be winning this because it's about damn time dana brooke gets the push that she deserves hot diggity damn i'm not a fan of her girls girly gimmick if you will but uh you know i guess it's still better than nothing considering the other gimmick wasn't giving her much um and uh yeah so i don't know they could also maybe give it to lacy too We'll see what happens. So after that, they do show a video package of Braun Strowman's history with Bray Wyatt. Of course, as we know, Braun Strowman was in the Wyatt family. They start showing how, you know, the clips of Bray Wyatt mentioning that he was the one that created Bray Wyatt. And because he created him, he will also defeat him. Uh, it goes on to show you Braun Strowman on a moment with Bliss where he sees the sheep mask and then he's kind of traumatized because he's reminiscing or remembering everything that he has done with Bray Wyatt and that power that that mask does have. Um, and of course, as you know, Braun Strowman is going to be facing Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship. And, uh, you know, I really want Bray Wyatt to win it back. Um, you know, I, at the same time, I also would like Ron Strowman to keep it. So I don't know. I'm kind of flimsy on that, but, um, that should be a pretty decent match. It depends how they go with it. Will they do like another Firefly Funhouse? This would work too, especially showing all the moments with the Wyatt family and so on and so forth. So that match should be pretty interesting. Uh, just, it depends the way they go about it in that regard. Will there be red light? Will there be no red light? Will it be all filmed? Will it be a Firefly Funhouse kind of thing? We'll just have to wait and see folks. Um, I do want to point out they are promoting uh, Progressive really heavily on this SmackDown episode. Like I think I've seen them mention it like 30 times already uh, throughout the entire episode. They've shown it like a bunch of times. Usually I don't mention this because usually I don't notice it or I don't see it uh, all too often uh, this much. But damn, I guess they need that. They need that insurance. They will not insurance money, but they need that advertising money. Quick, quick. But uh, yeah, that's what's going on there. And so we get a little clip of uh, basically Sonya Deville talking with Mandy Rose from last week's SmackDown. We do see now Sonya Deville's true colors. She always thought that um, she was jealous, I guess, of the whole Fire and Desire team because Mandy Rose was getting all of the attention and she felt that, you know, it was more the fire that was pushing the team rather than the desire. And so they mentioned that there and with this whole them promoting this segment again it's because we also get two matches announced for next week's smackdown as we will have Dolph Ziggler versus Otis to see who qualifies for the money in the bank which I am hoping Otis wins and then we also have a Sonya Deville uh, rather, excuse me, Mandy Rose versus Carmella to see who will also advance for the money in the bank. Now, 
I would imagine uh, Mandy Rose is going to lose because Sonya Deville is going to get involved and then that makes a match up there. So boom, two matches made. And then I would also, um, I mean, I hope Otis wins. Uh, poor Dolph Ziggler though. Dolph Ziggler needs to do something as well. Um, but I definitely would love to see Otis in the match and possibly win it too. I want Otis to get that push. I doubt Vince will do that though at all, at all, at all, at all. But, uh, you know, here's the hoping. So after that, we have the Women's Tag Team Championship as we got Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross going at Carmella and Dana Brooke. And um, so Brooke jokingly asked Carmella if she would be able to focus on their match with her Money in the Bank qualifier taking place next week, calling back to Carmella accusing her of the same last week. Bliss and Cross scored the win, though, with a move that started like a 3D but finished with a Bliss hitting a DDT instead. Um, a DDT kind of a, like a DDT instead of a cutter, uh, possibly introducing a new finisher for the team. I felt that was kind of botched. I did feel there was a few botched moments in this match. However, I did still... Uh, think it was a pretty decent match to say the least. All these women could wrestle. I'm glad. I'm so happy Dana Brooke is getting some TV time. It's about time. Um, she is a great wrestler. And um, yeah, I would love to see Carmella win her match, which I alluded to earlier. She most likely is because that's going to lead Mandy Rose versus DeVille. So that should be a fun little matchup. Even down for her to win the money in the bank again. Because um, why not? So to end WWE SmackDown, we have the Triple H 25th Anniversary Ceremony, um, which is basically, you know, celebrating his career and his life. Triple H comes in, first and foremost, he comes in with the water bottle. He's about to go and spit the water bottle out, but one of the WWE staff takes the water bottle from him and tells him you can't do that due to the COVID-19. And, you know, it just started all from jokes from there. So Triple H was going to start talking until the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, comes into the ring uh, and says you can't have a Triple H career a ceremony without the good old HBK says they've been friends for 25 years and uh, Michaels and Triple H through to a blooper reel of sorts with promo outtakes and a few in-ring moments. Next, Michaels introduced a video covering all of Triple H's WrestleMania losses. Michaels made fun of Stephanie McMahon leading her to FaceTime Triple H followed by Michaels bringing up Ric Flair and Flair also FaceTiming. The segment had, uh, you know, it just bring that up. And then um, what's it called? Uh, and then I think it was Road Dog that came out afterwards too, started talking. HBK wanted, uh, was kind of getting annoyed and so on and so forth. But then Vince McMahon made his way out to the entrance ramp. McMahon said if fans were in attendance, they would chant boring before talking about uh, the gobbly Googler, Katie Vick, and the Bailey This Is Your Life segments. After saying he loved Triple H, he again said the segment was horrible and told them to wrap it up as the lights began to shut off in the arena to end the show uh, on a terrible note. Like, look, I, I, 
the terrible note thing like i was reading that by the way because honestly it's hard to remember sometimes but uh it wasn't bad i liked the little jokes but at the same time it was overstretching a bit uh vince mcmahon is incredibly weird like why did you have to mention the whole bailey it's your life thing um i don't think the fans would have thought that would have been boring if the fans were there like the whole reason why they did it that way is because they didn't have any fans so they were using facetime to get people there and so on and so forth um you know it would have been much better i liked the wrestlemania loss segment i liked the outtakes that they did before that um i liked you know the uh inside jokes that they had and he said hey look i michaels was like i invited a whole bunch of people and here they all are you know like Again, I don't think that joke would have would have worked with the crowd, but I figured they would have done something live. You know, like, I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought Triple H uh, and Michaels were good. I thought Vince McMahon was kind of weird. You could tell he has a weird sense of humor, though, because Triple H was always kind of just, like, laughing at certain things that were kind of like, oh, wow, is he serious? I guess Vince McMahon just has that kind of weird sense of humor that Triple H obviously knows. Pretty cool, though, for Triple H to get a I love you from his father-in-law. Um, and, yeah, it just kind of ended there. I like how it ended, technically, because when the lights were going out and Triple H goes, do you hear those crickets? And then Michaels goes, that's pretty much sums up your career, my friend. Like, hilarious. I, I don't know. I'm not hilarious. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Like, you know, what you going to do? I felt it was just a bit weird how they ended it like that. That was kind of weird. It was like, oh, really? So you're just going to cut the lights off and da-da-da. Michaels' cricket joke uh, probably made it work. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I figured you could have done at least a little something, something. But, I mean, I guess, you know, if you want to see Triple H's career, you can just go get his DVDs or something. But, yeah, so, I don't know. Tri SmackDown wasn't uh, all that bad, to be honest with you. It was decent enough. I feel like they are getting better every SmackDown. So, that's uh, one cool thing, at least with that. They are getting better. Um, you know, they're getting used to having no fans there. I enjoyed, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of the matches, you know, they were decent, uh, they were decent enough. Essentially my match of the night definitely wasn't the Sheamus one. Um, Corbin and Gulak was pretty decent. Um, Lucha house party, you know what? Yeah. The, 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 the go-to, it'd be between the Lucha house party a match with Miz and Morrison or the Lacey Evans and Sasha Banks. Those two matches were uh, really good. Even the like the Alexa Bliss match had some botches, so I was kind of turned off by that. I do kind of like their DDT, a 3D DDT uh, tag move that they have uh, going on. Hopefully they do get to keep that because that is very different. And yeah, so that is your SmackDown if I'm going to have to give it a final verdict, I guess, you know, I, I give it a 3.2 out of 5. 3.2 out of 5. Uh, it was, I watched the whole thing, no problem. I didn't skip anything, surprisingly. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed it. And that is your SmackDown recap. Uh, of course, you. my name is Justin JLB. You can follow me on Twitter at JLB420. Follow the brand at Real Talk Radio 8. Um, 
Well, follow the brand Real Talk Radio at Real Talk Radio 8. And of course, you can access, find all my socials and doobly-doos on anchor.fm slash RTR. Well, that is it. That is all, folks. Thank you for listening. This has been your boy, Justin JLB. Ciao for now.